Welcome to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Have you been noticing that all is not well with your health and either you've been told by, you know, your doctors or other health professionals that everything is fine, even though you don't feel fine, or maybe you even have a medical diagnosed condition and you're trying to figure out why, what is the root cause of why you're experiencing this condition? And today we're going to talk about a very important root cause, which is the gut microbiome. And if you haven't heard of this before, don't worry, it's not even taught in medical schools yet, but it's lots of information in the research. And if you have heard of this, you're going to hear it in a completely different way in this show today. So welcome to the Wild Wisdom Show. I'm Dr. Patricia Mills, medical doctor with the Root Cause Spin on Women's Health. And I am here to talk to you today about your gut microbiome and the surprising way it impacts your whole body health. And the whole body health part is important because when people hear the word gut, they think that uh, whatever they're going to learn is related to only issues in the gut. But what you're going to learn today is that um, your gut microbiome, and we're going to talk about what that is and what are the functions of it in your body, your gut microbiome actually impacts your entire body health. Okay, so we're going to dive into this. And if you're joining me live, please put in your name and where you're joining in from and ask your questions. It's one of the benefits of joining my private Facebook group for women called Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, where you can join live and ask your questions. All right, let's get in this. So what is the gut microbiome? And it's fascinating because, again, I mentioned at the beginning that this is not taught in medical school yet. And I'm hoping one day this will change. It's not even taught in medical residency unless you happen to have, um, you know, a doctor training you that's come across this research. And why is it not taught yet? Um, it's relatively new. It takes about 20 years for research to go from you know, uh, from being in research to being in practice. And then also there, it has to be a decision made in terms of what is taught in the curriculum. And this information would require a complete overhaul of the medical education system. So that would be a lot to take on, right? So uh, for now, we're going to be teaching you here and, and you're going to be learning things that you can empower yourself with and start acting on right away for immediate results. Okay, so let's get in it. The microbiome, the gut microbiome, is best explained, I think, as a community of organisms comprised of bacteria, protozoa, fungi, viruses that live in your gastrointestinal tract. And that's all the way from your mouth down through your esophagus, your stomach, your small intestine, then your large intestine, and your rectum. Okay. And what's really fascinating about this is that. When you take into consideration this community of organisms living inside of you, you are actually only 10% human. So if I were to take the entirety of you with everything living on you and in you, only 10% of you is like human tissue. There's about 10 times more organisms for every single human cell. 
And there's about a hundred times more of their DNA compared to your DNA. And their DNA is influencing the, their function and their function is influencing your body. So it's important stuff. So we're going to get into this. Now, it's normal and important and in fact, necessary to have this community of organisms living inside of you. It's, you know, this whole um, hygiene hypothesis, it's partially right, partially wrong. We are meant to be colonized and populated by this community. It's like a garden. If there was, um, if you had a garden and there was soil and there was no bacteria or anything in the soil, the garden would be dead. Like you could plant a seed and this, and maybe the seed could even grow, but it won't grow well. Okay. So, um, and really good gardeners know that they need to nurture the health of the microbiome in the soil. And we also need to learn how to nurture the health of our microbiome in our internal soil. And actually they do kind of live in, they live in the mucus that lines our gut. So they're kind of like in the soil of our body, which is fascinating. So they start to grow in and on us in utero. So when you're in your mama's belly, you already have some organisms starting to come into you and on you. And how much and what kind and the diversity and all that um, will be different from human to human. And that has to do with um, how were you delivered, cesarean versus vag uh, vaginal birth, any exposures to antibiotics or other medications that can influence the health of your gut microbiome, whether you were breastfed or not, your diet, your levels of stress, environmental factors like did you grow up in a farm or on a farm or in an urban environment. And interestingly, um, you can have like a really short-term impact on your gut microbiome. And if you were to change your diet, for example, it would change your gut microbiome within about 48 hours. So you have direct control over the health of your gut microbiome. And this is so important because there, the, the gut microbiome, actually, it's a symbiotic relationship. So, so it's not a parasitic or a neutral relationship. It's a symbiotic. They have taken on functions in our body that we cannot do for ourselves. They do it for us. And without them, we, we lack those functions and we are not as healthy as we should be or could be. And when they are healthy, they support our functions. But when they are not healthy, when the gut microbiome is either, either killed or injured, um, they actually, we are not healthy. They, that, if, that causes disease. So there is one of the consequences of that is the formation of disease. And you're going to see um, there's research. So if you go into um, you know, PubMed, which is an online search engine that researchers use, and you can access as well, and you were to type in any medical condition, any chronic medical condition, plus the word and gut microbiome, you will find studies showing that there is a connection. And it may not be that they caused it, but they're associated with it and they worsen it. So sometimes it's a causation, sometimes it's an association, and sometimes it's like it perpetuates or worsens a problem. And this ranges from things like weight gain, hormone imbalances, skin irritations, problems with the metabolism like diabetes, hypertension, stroke, heart attacks, depression, autism, dementia, Alzheimer's disease, cancer, autoimmune disorders, even osteoporosis and osteoarthritis, and the list goes on. And notice I didn't even talk about the local gut issues like irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, 
you know, Crohn's, we're going to get into that. So I wanted to draw your attention because what I want to prove to you is that paying attention to all of this right to the end of the show is, is like probably the most important thing you'll do for your health this week. Okay. So stay tuned because this is important. At the end, I'm going to give you some really important highlights, some really good take-homes. Okay. And I want you to, to not miss that. You don't want to miss out. So why is it that uh, damage to this community of organisms with living inside of our gut can result or influence all of these health conditions? And the reason is because when the good guys, just like any community, there's good guys and bad guys. And it's normal to have um, more good guys than bad guys. It's okay to have a few bad guys as long as you have enough of the good guys doing their job and kind of crowding out the bad guys and compensating for them. But when we start to kill off too many good guys, then they cannot do their work. So we start to lose the function. And you're going to see all the different functions that they have. And, and it's so surprising, like how it's connected to your brain and your skin and all those things. And there can be additional damage. So not only do you lose important functions in your body, you actually can damage your body because of the bad guys now having more room. If the good guys get killed off, there's more room in the gut, literally like more real estate available for the bad guys to proliferate and move in. For example, yeast infections, like a candida infection, right? Um, or um, salam salmonella or whatever, but th there's big obvious infections where you have like, you know, um, diarrhea with blood, but there's these subtle infections that are not big and obvious. They don't cause you to have like a sudden bout of like travelers associate, you know, traveler's diarrhea, like a very obvious gut infection. It's the subtle um, moving in and taking over and doing local damage in the gut. And I'm going to explain to you how that can then affect not just the gut slowly, but surely over time, but other body parts as well. So first for you to understand why does that harming the good guys can cause problems with your whole body health? You need to understand what are the function of these good guys? What do the good guys do? So they are involved and we're going to get into each category, but the big general categories are gut health. That seems obvious, but also nutrition, metabolism, detoxification. Amazing. The immune system. So important. Cardiovascular health, your hormone health, your bone health, your skin health, and your brain health. So let's dive in. Okay. So in the gut, like they physically are located in the mucus that lines your gut. So your gut has a skin like a is like basically like a tube, right? And from the mouth to the rectum. And that tube is lined with skin. And that skin is actually similar to but different in important ways to the skin on, on the outside surface or outside skin, but the inside skin is very, very thin. It's only one layer thin, and it has a very important job of keeping the, the bad stuff out, like keeping out the toxins and the undigested food particles and the, um, you know, the gut microbiome itself, the good guys and the bad guys. They should be in the gut, not in the body. Um, and letting in the food, the fully digested food, the nutrients, right? All of those things that build life. So it's such an important one-layer skin um, and it's very delicate and its health is maintained by this nice thick mucus, right? That's like, um, you can think of it as being like, you know, hydrating and protecting and the microbiome lives in this mucus 
And when they are being fed the right foods, like they like to eat fiber and they like to eat plant foods, they like to eat the polyphenols in plants, like the color that makes up plants, That's that color pigment is food for them. And when they do that, they actually eat that and they poop out things that make the mucus and they poop out vitamins and amino acids that we then absorb. It's really quite fascinating. Um, so it, the, they are directly involved in the protection of that gut lining. Now, what happens is that if we do things, and, and we'll be covering what those things are uh, in the future, if we do things that we unknowingly harm our gut microbiome, and I can guarantee you that today you're going to do something that will unknowingly harm your gut microbiome, just like if you're living the regular kind of standard American or Western or, you know, even in different countries of the world now, unfortunately, that's just like the modern way of living. We don't, we're just starting to discover that a lot about the modern way of living is actually harming our gut microbiome in many different and unexpected ways. But what can happen is that if you, um, if you, if you influence the gut microbiome in a way where too much of the good guys proliferate, like they grow too much. So even if you have too many good guys, that can be a problem. Too many bad guys, that can be a problem. If they start to live in the wrong place, okay. And like, for example, most of your gut microbiome is like in the mouth, in the esophagus, but predominant, less so in the stomach because there's more stomach acid, a little bit more, but still not a lot in the small intestine because that's right after um, the gut, the stomach where there's a lot of stomach acid that keeps the levels down. Small intestine is where you absorb your food. So um, there's less, um, there should be less microbiome there and it's more of an absorption region like absorbing your food region in the small intestine and then in the large intestine is where they start to flourish again they're further away from the acid of the stomach um, and it's like a nice warm damp environment and they just that's where they sh predominantly should be so if the if the microbiome in the large intestine starts to move up into the small intestine for example, let's say there's a problem with your stomach acid production due to too much stress or medications or the wrong kind of food, um, you know, or if you if you were placed on medications and that harmed your gut microbiome and now they're able to like move into places they shouldn't, right? So you can start to developing problems with conditions like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or fungal overgrowth. So that bacteria starts to move into your small intestine or fungus can move into your small intestine and they start to overgrow. And then there's interesting things called intestinal methanogen overgrowth, where certain, it's not even bacteria, it's a different kind of organism called archaea. It's like an older organism that's not a bacteria. But when those start to grow out of control, either in the large or the small intestine, they produce methane and that causes gas and constipation predominantly. So SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIFO, small intestinal fungal overgrowth, tends to produce bloating, like you eat something and you bloat, right? Um, or cramping, right? Cramping, and it's usually right around the midsection, like the, the front of the belly. Um, whereas the intestinal methanogen overgrowth can is like more of the constipation picture, all right? And so you can see how you can start to develop. And, and again, it's not like you have... Um, like a massive infection, like you traveled to a country and you ate food there and you got like a, um, a gut infection and all of a sudden it's like bloody stools, diarrhea, and the doctor gives you antibiotics. It's like subtle, subtle, small infections. And actually they're called colonization. So they start to colonize. And the good bacteria in medicine are called commensal and the bad bacteria are called pathogenic. So they start to become pathogenic. Okay. But if you were to do a blood test, 
um, you may not detect it. Even a stool test, you would not necessarily detect this because it's living again in the mucus of the lining. So you may or may not see that on the stool test. Definitely SIBO, CIFO, and intestinal pathogen overgrowth. You it's you cannot uh, confirm you cannot confirm the diagnosis on stool test. Okay, so it's more of like a constellation of things that you present with. And then you have to focus on restoring the health of your gut microbiome as one of the things that you do in order to restore your gut health. And what is interesting is that when you have a local injury to the gut microbiome, what we're discovering is that for various reasons, including that mucus layer starts to thin out and you start to get injury of the underlying lining of the gut, that starts to cause inflammation in that gut skin and the gut lining. And you can get what's called leaky gut. And doctors really don't like that term. So the medical term is increased intestinal permeability. And with a leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability, you start to leak through things that shouldn't be leaking through. Remember the toxins from the environment that the gut lining usually keeps out. You get undigested food particles coming in, which can contribute to things like food intolerances and food reactions, food sensitivities. Uh, and the gut microbiome itself, both the good guys and bad guys, they start to get into the body. And when they get into the body, they're in the wrong place. And that starts to cause even more problems with inflammation. So you can go from having like a local gut inflammation to a body inflammation affecting the brain, the joints, the tissues, um, the muscles, everything, right? So that's, I'm starting to get into like starting to weave the story of how it is that problems with the gut microbiome can actually manifest in many different non-gut related ways. And if the problem is in the gut, what you're going to experience are anything like you could have the constipation, bloating, diarrhea, right? Like these daily or almost daily experiences. You may even be diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome, could be with constipation, without constipation, with diarrhea, mixed. Um, and again, that could be because you could have SIBO, CIFO, and intestinal methanogen overgrowth all at the same time. It's not like you just are limited to one problem with a gut microbiome. Anything and everything can happen. Just like a garden could have like, um, you know, a parasite infestation, and it could have a, yeast, a, a fungal overgrowth problem. It could have drought, right? Like it can have animals coming in and eating it. Like it can have many things going on. So same thing with the gut microbiome, like anything and everything can happen with it. Um, and so you could start off with things like the constipation, the bloating, and the um, diarrhea, and then it can progress to a diagnosis of IBS. Maybe you experience some food intolerances or food sensitivities and reactions. Maybe you get gastric reflux, heartburn, ulcers. Maybe it gets more severe and you get Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, celiac disease, and cancers. Cancers in the gastrointestinal tract have been linked to gut microbiome dysfunction, like colon cancer, esophageal cancer, pancreatic cancer, like any cancer, you name it. And in the mouth, right, I mean, we kind of tend to think of the gut like lower down, but also in the mouth, gut microbiome, mouth microbiome dysfunction is linked to cavities, gingivitis, periodontitis, root, root canal infections, right, abscesses. So you could start to see here how crucial it is for you to understand what is the gut microbiome and what it does, and that will motivate you to take action. This is, this is the why, right? The other roles that the gut microbiome has is in nutrition and metabolism. And it, what basically what it does is it takes a lot of your food, especially the plant food, 
and it breaks it down um, and breaks down the polyphenols, the phytonutrients, all the chemicals in the food that, that in the plants that give it color. Um, and, and it takes the fiber as well and it breaks it down. So what does it make? It makes essential vitamins like B vitamins. It makes essential amino acids, which are the building blocks for protein in your body. And it breaks down your fiber into ketones, which are kind of like a super fuel for the body and the brain. And it's one of the reasons why things like the ketogenic diet are getting is getting like so popular is because ketones are healthy. And did you know that you need a healthy gut microbiome for you to be able to break down the fiber in your plant food? Your body cannot break down fiber. You need a healthy gut microbiome to do that for you. And if you're a person who's starting to notice uh, discomfort, so like bloating or eat, uh, locally or even like brain fog or issues with your health with eating plant foods, it's not that all of a sudden you became someone that needs to eat a carnivore diet. It's that you are experiencing problems with your gut microbiome. It can no longer break down your fiber efficiently. And the root cause solution is not to stop eating plants. You may need to for a short period of time, just so you can feel better while you work on your gut microbiome. But over time, you want your gut microbiome to be healthy enough to tolerate plants, again, because there's multiple health benefits to plants, many of which we're still discovering, right? And being on a 100% carnivore diet for the rest of your life, we simply don't know the long-term effects of that. One of the potential long-term effects of that is osteoporosis because the alkalinity of plants balances out the acidity of, of, of meats. That's the renal protein. Uh, anyways, there's, there's a bunch of research on this now that we understand that to be true. And so you need the plants to balance out the meats if you're eating meats, right? So anyways, I just wanted you to understand the crucial role of the gut microbiome and it also the gut microbiome helps break down carbohydrates uh, in a healthy way which will influence your blood sugar response either positively if it's healthy or negatively if it's not healthy so that is why gut microbiome dysfunction can contribute to malnutrition even if you're eating a healthy diet and i often will see this where women will say you know, I'm noticing changes in my nails, like my nails are getting brittle or they're changing color, or they're developing ridges. And that can be a sign of subtle malnutrition. And then they say, well, I'm eating a really healthy diet. Uh, and one of the reasons could be that there's a problem with the gut microbiome. You simply cannot utilize the nutrients from your healthy diet properly. Um, and then type 2 diabetes can happen uh, because of the role that the gut microbiome has in breaking down sugars and in an appropriate way so that you get a healthy blood sugar response versus not. This is why you can take two people, give each of them a banana or a bowl of oats, and they will each have a different blood sugar response. This is one of the, one of the reasons why. So I see that all the time when I do my program Body Wisdom and we do blood sugar monitoring together. And one woman will be like, totally fine with a banana. Another woman, their, her blood sugar response is like, poof, off the charts. Okay? And this is one of the reasons why. Another one, another really important connection is weight, unintentional weight gain or weight loss. So you might be thinking, well, where's the, what's the role of uh, genetics in all of this? Well, the role of genetics is how do these loss of functions or damage interact with your genetics? And for some people, the interaction causes weight gain, for example, and in some people, it causes weight loss. Some, in some people, the interaction causes the IBS, and in some people, it causes cancer. So your genetics will predispose you towards certain 
um, consequences as a result of the gut microbiome dysfunctional dysfunction, but the root cause is the gut microbiome. The root cause is not the genetics, right? The genetics loads the gun, but things root causes like the gut microbiome pull the trigger. I hope that's um, understandable. And let me know in the comments if you want further clarification. So what's interesting is that this weight gain or weight loss is because of a complex interplay of that inflammation both locally in the gut and through the body that I explained and the effects on metabolism, right? How, how it does or doesn't support the breakdown of nutrients like carbohydrates. You'll also see that there's a hormonal effect that the gut microbiome has, and that can affect weight gain. One interesting thing I see women asking me about is midsection weight gain. Why am I gaining weight? Like I'm getting kind of weight gain in the midsection. One of the root causes of that is local gut inflammation from the gut microbiome. And that local gut inflammation actually affects the fat uh, around the gut called visceral fat, visceral adiposity. And it can actually cause the fat cells to become inflamed. And that causes um, a local dysfunction and can cause weight gain. So the people you see walking around with this kind of big bellies, right? And um, that's one of the potential root causes. Now, detoxification. This is so, so important. I, can't, I cannot stress it enough because the body has um, multiple methods of detoxification, multiple systems to detoxify. And one of the big symbiotic relationships it has with the gut microbiome is that the gut microbiome is responsible for detoxifying toxins as they come into the body. So like the first time it hits the gut, like pesticides or phthalates from cosmetics, for example, um, it'll help break it down to make it more manageable for the body. And also when the body is getting rid of toxins, like the body has been exposed to things like um, heavy metals in fish, for example, the methylmercury in fish, right? This, the fish contamination with heavy metals that is, is present and you know has been quantified and, and proven. Um, and in small amounts, the body can deal with that. It'll take the heavy metals, break it down, put it into bile, which will go into your gallbladder, which will get that dumped into your gut and get pooped out. And all of these pesticides and phthalates from cosmetics and all those things also get broken down into the liver, put into the bile, which is dumped into the poop and then it's pooped out. The gut microbiome, if it's healthy, will support that bile being properly broken down and, and that, that those toxins being excreted. If it's unhealthy, it will not. And then you'll run into problems with, for example, the body reabsorbing those toxins, which is not good after all that work the body did to excrete it. This is a huge thing with estrogen. So estrogen is um, broken down. When, when our own estrogen is done being used by the body, the body breaks it down and gets rid of it through the bile, through the poop. And if, um, if you ingest estrogen from the outside, like from um, animals or from contamination of water, like, you know, all it's called xenoestrogens, estrogens that are not made in our body, the body also needs to get rid of it. And research shows that when the gut microbiome uh, is unhealthy, the body cannot detoxify estrogen properly. And I just found this super interesting study by um, co and authors published just in 2023. Like, I just want you to understand that this is all really cutting edge science stuff that you're here, learning here today. And they actually sh showed the role of the gut microbiome in detoxifying methylmercury from the environment, like from fish. 
And they had um, participants where when they were given a course of antibiotics that negatively impacted the gut microbiome, their ability to detoxify methylmercury specifically went down. So this is not just like theoretical, this is research. I'm, I'm showing you one research out of hundreds, thousands. So now we're going to get into the immune system. I'm just going to take a little support. Mm -hmm. The immune system. Set we like you know the immune system now, right? After after the era of COVID, everybody's very familiar with it. It's the part of your body that protects you against infections. And it's also the part part of your body that cleans out the garbage and gets rid of cancer cells, amongst many other things. And did you know that 70% of your immune system lives in the lining of your gut, lives in the skin of your gut, that lining? Why? Because one of the biggest um, exposures we have to foreign invaders is through what we eat and what we drink. Like historically speaking, when we are walking around in nature and we're just eating this, eating that and put dirt on our food and, you know, infections in the water, that would be like the primary location where our body had to really focus its efforts from the immune system perspective. So that continues to be the case. Most of our immune system is living in the gut lining and the gut microbiome. It, this is like fascinating, actually. The good guys, the organisms in the gut microbiome that are the good guys, they actually communicate with the immune system in our body. And they do it from a very early age, like even in utero, this starts to help with immune development. And what they're doing is that they're, they're helping your body develop a healthy immune response, okay? An appropriate response, like not overreacting to things and not underreacting to things. And that's the development aspect of it. And then day to day, it'll, it'll, the, the, the gut microbiome will sense what's in the environment. And if it senses a pathogenic organism, a bad guy, it will actually communicate with your immune system and, and tell your immune system, heads up, there's a bad guy here. Let's start getting ready to be on defense and attack. So super crucial, right? And this is this also um, research was showing that this is one of the reasons why some people um, do very poorly with certain infections like COVID versus others didn't. And it's like, why why did this person get the exact same infection as the other person and they had totally different outcomes? One of the reasons is the gut microbiome that has been studied, just really fascinating. And then the bad guys, not only do they like don't do what the good guys do, they actually um, assist in overactivating the immune system. And this lack of um, properly training the immune system and, the, and coupled with the overactivation has been linked to allergies, the development of things like asthma, eczema, atopic dermatitis all the way through to autoimmune disorders, like the immune system is actually attacking oneself, such as Hashimoto's thyroiditis, effect, attacking the thyroid, inflammatory bowel disease, at, attacking the gut lining, rheumatoid arthritis, attacking the joints, multiple sclerosis, attacking the brain. Even Parkinson's disease has been shown to have an autoimmune component. So the research in this is just booming. And um, if you have any condition, or if you know of anyone that has a condition like this, you need to focus on the health of the gut microbiome, period. So important. And the good thing is that it doesn't hurt you to focus on it and it can only really help you because you're then you're um, supporting these functions that it has in the body. So it's like all good, no harm. Now we're going to talk about hormone health. 
Now, what's really fascinating about this is that your gut is actually a hormone producing organ. It makes a ton of hormones. Some research even suggests that it's the biggest hormone producing organ in your body. For example, 95% of your hormone serotonin, which is your feel-good hormone, is made in the gut. In the brain, serotonin is what gives you that sensation of wellness. Um, people who are depressed are usually given medications that help increase the, the levels of serotonin in the brain. That's how important serotonin is. So um, gut microbiome disease uh, and injury has been linked to conditions like depression. So that's just fascinating, you know, and so very important to know. And also the hormone health, it's like the, because the gut microbiome is so closely interacting with, with the gut lining and the gut health and influencing gut health, not only does it affect local gut production of hormones like serotonin, there's also that influence on sex hormones. And that's a very complex thing. But one of the reasons is that detoxification effect that I was telling you about. So when women are, are experiencing, for example, problems with estrogen dominance, like too much estrogen in the system, one of the root causes could be problems with the gut microbiome because it's no longer able to appropriately influence the levels of estrogen in the body because of problems with the detoxification system, for example. And that, for those of you who are in, in medicine and kind of like to geek out on this, it's called the estralobiome. So it's like the estrogen, the microbiome associated with estrogen detoxification and breakdown. Now, this is super interesting. When I came across this is the connection between bone and muscle health and the gut microbiome. And the reason for this is because when the gut microbiome is unhealthy and you get inflammation, the inflammation that is in the gut and then goes into the body has an creates an environment for bone loss. So it actually leaches, inflammation can leach minerals out of your bones and that can cause osteoporosis and it can cause inflammation in the tissues. So that's the osteoarthritis, the fibromyalgia, and even chronic low back pain. I mean, there's a the low back pain from injury. And then there's that kind of chronic low back pain that, you know, just is there and it's achy. And I've had, again, women work with me in, in you know, things like body wisdom, for example, I, had, I just... I'm recalling a woman who specifically um, about two months into it, she was like, you know what? My lower back pain is gone. Like I, I and she's in her sixties, you know, she's like, I didn't never expected that as an outcome of work, you know, focusing on, on um, supporting my gut health. So it's all important. Right. And there's interesting studies on that. And it's, and sometimes it's not that the gut microbiome causes the pain, but whatever injury you have, the pain gets, it's like the volume gets turned up because it's just more inflammation causes more pain. So it becomes this like horrible cycle, feed forward cycle. But when you turn the inflammation down from the gut microbiome, um, then the, all of your pain can settle as well, which is really fascinating to witness. Skin health. Now for me, um, my gut microbiome issues really started manifesting. My genetics was the weak link was my skin. So when I had problems with the gut microbiome, it was showing up predominantly in my skin and I started getting um, periocular and perioral um, dermatitis. I also had eczema. And what I learned is that there is a connection between the gut and the skin due, due to the way that our body develops from embryo. So when we are in our mama's belly, we are, bore, we are like this tissue, a ball of tissue. 
And as we develop, the ball actually tra um, transforms into two balls connected by like a little umbilical cord. And as we develop, one ball becomes the, um, you know, the, the brain and the other one becomes the skin, uh, becomes a spinal cord. And then it, some of it actually goes down and becomes the nervous system around the gut. So there's a brain gut connection very specifically. And some of that becomes the skin. So it's very interesting. So the and then the skin that lines the our the outside of our body and the skin that lines the inside of the gut, they are they come from the same embryonic tissue. Um, so they're actually physically connected. And when you and research shows that when you have problems with the health of your gut, it actually shows up on your skin, uh, presumably due to this interact direct um, link. So if you have rosacea, psoriasis, and again uh, acne, even. That has all been connected to um, the health of your gut microbiome. And the brain health, I already alluded to this, there's a gut-brain connection directly through that umbilical cord, which is called the vagus nerve. So the brain and the gut um, are connected through this nerve called the vagus nerve. It's like a direct bridge connecting the brain to the gut. The, the nervous system that lines the gut is as complex as the nervous system that creates our brain just to give you an idea, but they have different functions. The brain has the function of sensing and um, thinking and talking and computing and analyzing. The gut brain, so to speak, has the function of sensing in the gut, digest, coordinating digestion, coordinating immune system response, um, and, and more, like we don't even truly yet understand the full function of it. Um, so it's fascinating. And what we do know from the research is that when you have a leaky gut, chances are you have a leaky brain. And that's due to the direct connection to the vagus nerve, also the indirect connection through the inflammation that can permeate the body. And when you have inflammation in the body, the barrier that protects the brain becomes leaky as well. And that can cause, that's when the brain fog happens. That's when you have um, things like autism happening, depression, schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, Parkinson's. They have all been linked to uh, uh, leaky uh, leaky brain, they all have leaky brain. When you when they take these people and they study them, these people have leaky brain. So it's really fascinating and important to understand what are the things that can cause a leaky brain, and one of them is this gut microbiome, gut health, leaky gut, and cancer risk. Actually, this is a huge one. I am I am becoming. Um, you know, I have many, many loved ones who are starting to be diagnosed with cancer. I'm sure you're watching this and probably know at least a few people. And one of the root causes is the gut microbiome dysfunction. And that's because of the impact of the gut microbiome dysfunction causing the inflammation that we talked about, both locally in the gut, but also that the inflammation that happens through the whole body. So it's not that you just get cancers in the gut as a result of gut microbiome dysfunction. It can also be implicated in other cancers like breast cancer, prostate cancer, other things. And one of the reasons too is because of that change in the immune system. If the immune system is no longer functioning properly because it's no longer in that symbiotic relationship with your gut microbiome, it will start missing cancerous cells, for example. That's one of the theories why a gut microbiome would predispose one to cancer. The unhealthy gut microbiome and the metabolism. So if you, again, if you're not metabolizing your sugars properly, that's setting up an environment that is more likely to support the development of cancer than not. So again, I'm getting, I'm going to now go through some really key highlights. That I don't want you to miss because this is really important. It's like bringing it all home. While I'm going through this, if you're watching me live and you have any questions, 
Now is the time to put them in because there's a delay between when you put them in and when I see them. I don't want to miss your questions, okay? And I see lots of people watching. So hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. And for you that's listening to this as a replay and watching this as a replay, thank you for joining me today as well. <laughs> so here are the highlights. All right. Highlight number one, uh, your body cannot use fiber. Um, the health effects of fiber that is shown in various studies don't come from your ability to break the fiber down. It comes from a healthy gut microbiome's ability to break the fiber down. So if you want to get benefits from your food like healthy fiber, you need to have a healthy gut microbiome. Highlight number two, two people on the same diet will have different results because of microbiome differences. And they've done twin studies on this where they take twins with exact same genetics, different gut microbiome. They do, you know, a bunch of complicated analysis on the stool and different tests and everything. They, they show that there's different gut microbiomes and then they give these people the same food and they analyze the blood sugar response and the inflammatory response and all these things. And they have different responses to the same food because of the differences in things like the gut microbiome. And highlight number three, and this is so key, and it's, it's not intuitive, which is why I really want to highlight this, is that hormonal conditions like fibroids, endometriosis, PCOS, and breast cancer have the gut microbiome dysfunction in common because of its role in estrogen detoxification. So it's, you know, many seemingly unrelated diagnoses all linked to a um, common root cause. Now, I'm not saying that problems with the gut microbiome um, are explaining everything. It's an important piece of the puzzle that is often missing when people are talking about their health. It's not the only piece. It's one of the things you have to address. And it's, it's key. It's so crucial. Okay. Next Wild Wisdom Show. I'm going to be talking about a daily exposure that you are, um, you know, unknowingly experiencing and exposing yourself to that is harming your gut microbiome and what you can do about it. So you don't want to miss out on the next show. Thank you, everybody who joined me live today. I appreciate you being here. And thank you for watching this or listening to this as a replay. Please share and save and subscribe. It's a wonderful way to show your appreciation and sharing is caring and it helps other people find this information that will also help them achieve their best health. And I hope this helps you achieve your best health. Have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, your night, and I'll catch you next week. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call.
You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 